This is a podcast from Rover. Welcome back into Rex Rural Exchange on your Sunday morning. Right, let's see what's happening in the rural real estate market. And, of course, we're joined by the GM of Rural Property Brokers, uh, Conrad Wilkshire. Good morning, Conrad. How are you? Good, Hamish. Morning, Dom. G'day, Conrad. How's things, mate? Very well. Been a busy old week, uh, attending a few conferences north and yeah, south. Yeah, you have been a busy man. We'll talk about the conferences in a moment, but let's just uh, cut to the chase in terms of uh, the market for both dairy and sheep and beef properties. How are things looking? Look, overall, Hamish, it's pretty solid. It's um, both the sheep and beef sector is uh, about 30% up year on year and very similar levels for the dairy as well. And interestingly, on some of the volumes, if anything, a little bit back on on last year so if you take the dairy it's uh 400 million ahead of the same time last year on uh, maybe a handful more sales so you know it's a 1.4 billion dollar market now doing around about 42,000 a hectare as a median price up yes. from about 32 so around about 10,000 a hectare and up on the year on some number of sales so you know that's that's an interesting stat in its own and similarly the you've got the sheep and beef sector uh, if I, I tend to drop into that 200 hectare plus, um, similar again, similar number as the sales, but um, again, almost 400 million up on the same time last year at over a billion dollars, that market there. And so interestingly, you know, that's gone from about 8,700 hectare to 11,500 hectare. And that's, that's large, particularly that extensive hill country has been in strong demand over this last 12 months. So, you know, whether you're looking at it from a dairy perspective or sheep and beef, um, certainly Numbers of sales are at similar levels, but the valuations are definitely up. Yeah, interesting, Conrad. Uh, as I do, I tend to have the old sort of dinner party uh, conversation with sort of farming types in the big smoke up here. And I, and I quote you, you're 42,000. Oh, yeah, no, it can't be right. Oh, yeah. I said, no, I get it from the expert. I get it from in the know. You know? And it's, well, I it's it, fact. I get, I, get it, I get it from Ryan. So, but the reality yeah. here is, is that that's, that's the medium. Yeah. Obviously, yep. So been some there's some interesting stories in and around some of these prices from region to region, and we certainly got a bit of that from our conference actually. Yeah. Okay. Well, tell us what uh, what did come out of the conference. You had a, what you had two. You had North well, Island, South Island. Yep, we did. Oh, well, one of the things for me is, as I was looking at the North Island uh, data is that you know you've got a median price for dairy at, at forty two thousand a hectare nationally, but if you actually have a region like Northland, um, you know you've got Dairy price is still there. You know, it's about 23 sales for the 12 months to April, and there it's not even 20,000 a hectare. Um, so while you've had a 30% appreciation and lift um, nationally, the Northland farms are tracking it. Uh, actually, fewer fewer numbers of sales, and actually um, at similar values to prior years. So by any definition, a dairy farm at 20,000 hectare in Northland has to be good shopping. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So we, we were just sort of getting behind a bit of that, yeah. you know. Uh, how do we support that market? And we've got yep. um, we've got some new players up there that are doing just that. Mm. But you know that, to my mind, there you know while we can, we, Dom and I spoke a little bit about this earlier in the week. Mm. But while you've got climatic volatility in the north with some dry seasons, it was the same can be said for Hawke's Bay even Southland this year. So I don't think yep. you can pin that on it either. I I, I think fundamentally is uh, an opportunity for those wanting to get into farming or scale into their own farm from a contract milking point of view, um, there just has to be opportunities up there at those levels because the payout's the same nationwide. Yes, exactly. And if you've got your cost so and a, uh, your whole setup going well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, a, it's a great opportunity when you put it in that, in that light. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, the case study for me um, in recent times has been um, season prior, we sold a, a large station in the King Country and they had a dairy farm in Dargaville, but they weren't selling the dairy farm in Dargaville. They were going to keep yes. uh, they were going to keep that because it was a really cash positive asset. So, and they'd held that for a while. So it wasn't just based on some recent acquisition. So, you know, that, there is um, you know some very good farming businesses in the north, and just shouldn't be underestimated in my view, particularly on the current payout. Um, it looks really solid, mm. and the contracts are uh, up there too. That um, South Island conference, you were, you know, in the privileged position of being able to head to Wanaka, uh, Conrad, which is wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you're showing a good time. But, life there. Yeah, <laughs> I do actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's nice to visit, Tom, always. Yes. Um, oh, exactly. Yeah. I I hope you were showing around and showing a good time. You know. We actually managed to get out in the water, but we didn't catch any trout, unfortunately. So obviously after a long day's conference, we got out there for a short time, um, so that was good. But um, no, you, look, you didn't throw a potato over the side, Conrad, because that would have got No, 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 no. Yeah, you left it go there. So, so uh, no, but anyway, what did come out of that was we had some guys were presenting case studies on their market and what was going on, and one of the case studies coming out of that catch-up was um, Mid-Canterbury. And we're seeing some really interesting consequences of the National Environmental Standards for Fresh Water and what that, mm. the impact that's having on the on the Canterbury uh, market, particularly for dairy grazing land. So, at the moment, we've actually got sales that we've been involved with that have sold more than some of the tier one dairy uh, businesses in Mid Canterbury. So, you know, like we're now seeing fifty five, fifty six thousand a hectare for dairy support land, and that's largely because of the the rules and the consenting process that's required to run dairy grazing cattle, which almost seems a bit perverse to me because you're concentrating dairy cattle on based on some grandparenting rules of the past, which is essentially what I'd have thought you want to do is spread the dairy grazing load as wide as you can to mm. mitigate mm. nutrient loss. Instead, what it's, what it's tending to do is, uh, particularly under the you know the rules that the irrigation schemes are having to operate under and, and, the, and the interpretations of these things are very fluid at the moment, but what is certain is that you know if you haven't been dairy grazing in the past but got an operation that's well suited to it you've invested heavily in some irrigation and the opportunity to earn um, you know a good return on dairy support uh, that's not available to you if you haven't really been doing had, had those kind of business activities in the past or well, certainly the consenting process is very involved you'd never say never but it certainly doesn't seem easy and so the market at the moment is probably 10 to even up to fifteen thousand dollar a hectare discount uh, for those who have had that opportunity in the past and can represent it in their application. So it's, um, I know, I think there's some areas in there that need further and further work because, as I say, effectively you're concentrating it into a much narrower um, band of properties. And, of course, that, um, you know, dairy grazing isn't getting any cheaper at the moment. And I think having having the broadest possible net and from both an environmental and an economic point of view would make a lot more sense. But at the moment... It's, uh, it's creating a bit of a bias, and one that's hard to reconcile when you see an improved dairy farm with a $2 million shed and state-of-the-art irrigation systems and all the infrastructure that goes to support a dairy system, and then it's got a, a, a dairy grazing block next door that could be worth more with about mm. half the investment and improvements. It just doesn't seem to quite add up. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting point. This is the benefit of these conferences, eh? You know, you get these little tidbits of information that just goes well, into the big pool of knowledge and you're well, able to draw on that. Well, what it's doing for us, one of the things we, we now know is that we need to uh, invest more. We're 
you know, we work with really good people in the market across the board. And, you know, Charlotte Glass has provided our team with uh, with support on environmental planning. And and the one thing that really comes on every property, you can't generalise, and it it just depends. And so we are now trying to work alongside vendors well ahead of time and do everything uh, possible to make sure that all the all the terms terms and conditions that support their consenting processes is as understood as we can make it, and also encourage people to seek independent advice um, with these things, both from a selling and buying point of view. So that's one of the things we are doing now. So rather than wait for next season, we are actively uh, working with professionals and having a few meetings to sit and train to, to actually affect that. And we're not obviously we're not the only ones. It's an industry issue, but it's Canterbury's a bit of a bellwether for the rest of the country because it runs quite sophisticated farming systems and it's because of the irrigation systems, they, they do monitor things at a, at a really significant level. And so, you know, these standards I don't think are going to be unique to Canterbury, but I do think they're probably presenting there first. So, it's, you know, we, we see it as an opportunity just having to get more advice and support alongside our vendors early rather than later. Okay, right. Just on another topic, we had a bit of a, a good discussion over the last week or so around the depreciated New Zealand dollar. What, what impact is that having on on rural property? Because it has a double-edged effect, doesn't it? Well, it's. I think the main one is keeping our exports competitive. Uh, so that's that. But how short-term that is, we don't know. Because mm. if our interest rates do track up historically, that that's never been particularly favourable for no. our dollar because we no. we have. You know, was it the Belgian dentists investing in their foreign currency yeah, from the, yeah. what happened in the 90s, etc. I, I think, you know, so look, I'm no economist, um, and while I've got a bit of a banking background there, I, I'd say historically it's been a natural hedge as as our, as the dollar rose, um, our commodities tended to depreciate, and um, it's, it's now, I, I don't know, really, the, the bottom line on that, Hamish, is that uh, at the moment, yeah, a, a weakening dollar for New Zealand dollar for us is favourable for exports, but how long that's going to continue um, seems very up in the air. I mean, there's a lot. The volatility in the markets at the moment is likely it's up there with the GFC. It's really hard to get a fix, and so I think you know farmers are taking sensible options around forward contracts, um, getting some external support on risk mitigation strategies that manage costs. Uh, they're all the sensible things that can be done, and. I really it boils down to that old cliche, you've got to just control the controllables and, and lock yeah. lock your margins in. There you go. Okay, Connor. Oh, sorry, Dom. You, did you... No, no, good to no, go. No, good no, to no, go. No, Jeez, yeah. you covered off a lot of ground there. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Very, very interesting as always. Appreciate it. Yeah, and but is there sort of a bit of a recovery mode after conference season there, Conrad, getting out and just uh, watching a bit of club rugby in the breeze this afternoon? or uh, uh, No, not quite, no. No, um, still got the laptop on, Hamish. So, yeah, no, no, good. And then, uh, and then uh, hopefully tomorrow get out on a bike ride around those uh, men or two uh, rolling down. So that's, hopefully the weather's not too bad because it's blowing a hurricane there at the moment, I understand. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> There's enough headwinds going on in the world without having to ride into one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good stuff. Okay, Conrad, okay, there mate. we go. Thank you very much. Conrad Walkshire, their property brokers, GM of a rural.